Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only navigating with, but thriving with the cosmic tides. I did it, Anne. You got the whole thing out in order. I did. I literally wrote it down as the countdown was happening. We're so happy you're all here. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Amanda Poole Walsh. I'm the founder of Astrology Hub and the host of this podcast. I'm here with your favorite weather woman, predictive astrologer, Ann Ortley, and we're here for the week ahead. Yeah. We can start with the scale and the theme, Ann. Oh, before we do that, can I read a couple things? Yes. Okay, there's a few things that people are saying about astrology in your pocket, and it's just so fun to see the enthusiasm. Carrie posted in the in our free global forecast group, so Astrology Hubs, if you're not a member of that, you might want to check it out. It's a free group. She says, who else is loving astrology in your pocket? I am so impressed. And then there's like 60 comments under it. One of Anne Deet says, yes, I am. This is the first chance I have had to see and feel my life versus the planets. Also, I'm enjoying and appreciating Anne's awesome voice and texts. I love that because what Anne's saying is it's like coming to life for her. She's seeing planetary movement, things happening in my life. Like, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Kay says, absolutely. Love the play-by-play -play of the planets. It's so informative and right when I need it. Couple Europeans saying, I'm waiting with great anticipation. We know. We haven't forgotten right, about girl. it. Leslie says, I am loving it as well. Anne is awesome. Nicole says, oh my God, in love, in all caps. So thank you for sharing how it's going for you. We're so happy to hear that. For those of you who haven't checked out Astrology in Your Pocket yet, it is our newest service featuring Anne and Anne's wisdom. If you love this weekly forecast every week and you want like the play-by-play -play as it's happening during the week, that's what astrology in your pocket is all about. And you get it in real time via text, both as written text and then a morning audio as well, which everybody's really loving the morning audio, Anne, just to hear your voice and morning. Yeah, it's a great way to start the day or end the day if you're one of those people that wants to look back and see if Anne was on, <laughs> which I know last week, Anne, you talked about earthquakes. And I know there was a big earthquake in Japan yesterday. All of our thoughts and prayers going out to the people affected by that. But yeah, I mean, astrology is amazing. And the more you work with it, the more mind blowing it is. It's like, wow, even five and a half years in, I know I'm an astrology baby still, but it continues to blow my mind. Does it still blow your mind, Anne? All the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was doing I was doing a reading yesterday and we were talking about something and I went, da -da -da -da, she goes, I'm like, well, it's right there in the chart, you know, and I, you know, the charts talk, they give you, they give you such good guidance. And I'm always like amazed at, at what they say, you know, yeah. sometimes you don't like it, you know, sometimes you're like, Ugh. and that's okay too. You know, you, it's a, it's a, it's an, a lesson. The transits come to you as lessons, as people, as ideas, as for you, things for you to think about. Hmm. So, and when I was, when I was, but if you react to them badly, you should look at that too, you know? Right. Exactly. When I was going through my divorce, I went to three different astrologers to see if I would get a different answer. It was like, maybe one of them is going to read this differently. And they, the, all of them no, honey, you, you're, you're, this is happening. You're getting a divorce. I'm like, could it be a metaphorical divorce? Like I'm divorcing a part of myself or is it like an actual, it's like, no, this is happening. It's like, okay. All right. But the, every single one of them said, there is a brilliant outcome for you. That this is, this is you aligning with more and more of your truth and more and more of who you came here to be. So that was also very helpful. But yeah, I mean, sometimes we don't like it, but usually it's the thing that 
we signed up for, even if we can't remember. Right. It gets you where you're going to go. Yeah. 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 When I was, I got to astrology through a breakup, end of a 14 and a half year relationship. And he, he went off with a person buried, born the day after him, literally like the next day. So he went off with himself, which made a lot of sense in the context of the relationship. So I'm learning an, an advanced technique. And I had this teacher who was always good at really advanced techniques. His name is Ken Kimball. He's no longer with us, but I was learning tertiary progressions, which are a form of predictive technique around emotions. So he said, what's the worst day of your life? So I'm like, all right, this, or the, and I go, I picked the day when I found out, you know, he was uh, with somebody else. And he pulls the chart and he goes to me, oh my God. Now my, my primary teacher was a guy named John Marcusella, who's a brilliant astrologer in New York and he's a Capricorn, you know? So I'd gone for a reading and he had done the same thing. Nope, it's over, he's done, you know, he's gone. But then he told me all this stuff about the relationship. So I'm like, I hate making the same mistake twice. <laughs> and so I, I went, called him and I said, I wanna learn how you did that. Cause I don't wanna make the same mistake twice. Mm. And we did this thing and he says to me, you know, oh my God, Ian, the worst day of your life is John Marcusella's birthday. And I'm like, what? I, you know, he goes, does John know this? I can't, can I have no idea what you're talking about. You're, the worst day of your life is John Marcusella's birthday. I'm like, I don't, he, he goes, well, of course you don't. John doesn't know it because you know, you're just learning tertiaries. I'm like, yeah. And, and, but because of the breakup, the worst day of my life I found astrology through John Marcusella. <gasps> right? Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, wow, okay. And then I go, boy, he's got a hard charge. <laughs> <laughs> that was a horrible day. That said, it totally changed the direction of my life. Yeah. And because I broke up, I found astrology through the vehicle of John. You know, he was my first teacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I had a divorce, I found astrology as well. Like how interesting. Yeah. And here we are. And here we we're are. Yeah. yeah. So in ways where, you know, it got us. Okay. How about that? And you go, that wasn't in the plan. <laughs> but here I am. Okay. Make the best of it. Right. And that's kind of, that's kind of this year too. Like it wasn't in the plan to have a pandemic, but now that we've had it. Okay. Now what? And that's right. this year. We're all having that awakening energy of that, change your yeah. life, change your form. Now what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So before we go into the week, if you're interested in joining Astrology in Your Pocket, it's astrologyhub.com slash pocket. Astrologyhub.com slash pocket. It's $4.99 a month. So I broke that down as like 16 cents a day. So Amanda's an old salesperson. All yeah, I want to say. Oh my gosh, my dad. My dad 16 cents a day. My dad would do that all the time. He'd be like, it's like, it's less than a cup of coffee. You know, he's from Worcester, Massachusetts. So he'd have that like accent with it too. It's so good. I mean, when I broke it down, I was like, my God, like, of course. So anyway. less than a minute, an hour. <laughs> if you get in. A 24 hour day. The 16 hours that you're awake, you get astrology. You exactly. Know? <laughs> you get Anne. You get Anne in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, so your pocket. All right. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's go to the scale for this week, and then also the theme. Theme for the week is change. Uh, change. Mercury, Mercury's going into Gemini, and Venus is going into Gemini. So it's going to kind of amp the energy up a lot. We're going to really feel like Zoom because Mercury's shifting out of Earth. He's ahead of the gang, right? So he's shifting out of Earth. And when he changes, 
now we have three planets that are kind of doing their own thing. The, the Aquarius guys answering, the Aquarius and Saturn guys answering to Saturn, the Taurus people answering to Venus, and then Mercury shifting. But at the end of the week, Venus goes into uh, Gemini, and she brings with her all the Taurus people, the Sun, the Uranus, the Ceres. So she shifts all of them into answering to Mercury now. So now, because Mercury's in charge of the sky, very fast, very quick, very speedy. And of course, Mercury loves being in Gemini, favorite sign, which is, you know, he, he's, he rules Virgo and Mercury, but Virgo, he has to work. And Mercury, he just thinks and talks. So speaking to you. <laughs> Man, has, Manda has peacocks and they pipe up whenever, whenever there's an important point. And, they're, 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 and there are two of them. And their boys in the backyard in her tree, Gemini, chatting away. And there's a girl peacock who's ignoring them. <laughs> and they're kind of chatty boys. So anyway, Gemini. So I imagine those peacocks are going to be part of us for the next few weeks because Mercury also is going to spend a really long time in Gemini. He's going to go into Gemini uh, tonight, May 3rd at 10.49 p.m. East Coast. And then he's going to leave Gemini July 11th. And everybody goes, ooh, I thought Mercury was only in a sign 21 days. Yeah, well, this he's got a retrograde, right? So he goes into Gemini. He gets into what he calls his shadow, which is when we start to find out what the retrograde's going to be about, May 15th. And the period of May 15th to May 29th, when he stops at 24 Gemini, which, of course, is that hot degree we've been working with, right? And it's opposite the Capricorn clump. So it's change, change, change. He stations on May 27th at 24. And then he goes backwards until June 22nd when he stops at 1616. So everything in your chart between 16 and 24 is activated three times. One for the go in, two for the backward, three for the go over. So reference the pinball podcast we have on the astrology hub to talk about watching those planets change so any planets you have between 16 and 24 are going to get activated then when he stations to go direct at 16 on june 22nd then he goes forward and he leaves his shadow on july 5th so that's when the mercury retrograde drama is over and then he leaves gemini on july 11th now interestingly on friday venus goes into gemini and when she shifts, she takes the whole sky with her. All the Taurus planets now report into Mercury. He's the boss. Now, retrograde Mercury in Gemini, lots of conversation, lots of communication. Whenever we have retrograde, we get the ghosts back. Mercury and Venus meet up. We have a lot of drama because we also are in the middle of this. We're going to have the eclipses. So a lot of old stuff's going to come up. Old family members, old papers, old stories, old things. And of course, being an anal Virgo, I cast, because I'm doing the podcast for this week for the astrology in your pocket, Venus enters Gemini at 10.09 p.m. Mercury enters Gemini 10.49. So they both are Sag rising charts, which makes Jupiter really important. And Jupiter is on Niobe. And Niobe bragged about her children. She had seven boys, seven girls, and she bragged about them. So the gods came and killed them. So she then roamed the earth pale green as the mother of lost children. 
Now, interestingly, I said that in my weekly weather and some Emily wrote me, she said, the New York Washington Post, they're opening an exhibit at Lincoln's Cottage on Mary Todd and that she lost three of her four children plus her husband. And of course, Niobe's husband killed himself. I mean, Lincoln got shot. But, you know, the, the role of mourning and grief in our life. And of course, it's Gemini, which is children, but it's also us going back and looking at our childhood, looking at our younger self and understanding what of that was lost and how do we reclaim it. So I think that's part of Mercury's journey because he's going to dance with us until the end of middle of July. It's a long time. Plus, he's normally only retrograde 21 days. He's going to be retrograde 24 days. And he's talking to us about those ideas we had when we were young, those thoughts we had, what we were like as a youth. Where was, what was our childhood? What part of our childhood was lost? What about our inner child? We're going to see a lot of inner child stuff on the, you know, I always watch Facebook as a barometer of these things and Instagram, a lot of inner child, a lot of, you know, what my childhood was like, but what I didn't do. And, and this last week, I've been having a lot of readings with folks about, well, I gave up art at, at age 20. Well, I, I stopped doing this at age seven. They said, you know, you can't make a living doing that. You know, and so all these people are kind of going back and remembering what they didn't do. And of course, the Uranus Saturn says to you, what haven't you done yet? What do you need to, what, what is it you're creating for the next 20 years of your life, which we're figuring out this year? So it's a very juicy week. And what that means is, you know, for those of us who are kind of moseying along and having a grand time, it's a three or four. And then for some of it's, it's a big one. It's like out there, you know, in the 100, 200 range because of the awakening energy and because these planets are all kind of going to be coming up to the North Node and saying, hey, 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 there's a great uh, thing on Jimmy Fallon does the thing with his band and he got the, the cast of Hamilton to sing Helpless. And the thing opens with, hey, 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 hey. And then she goes, helpless. And it's a beautiful song of seeing him falling in love and, you know, kind of having that ah, kind of thing. So that's also Gemini because Venus is going into her flirty place because she's in Gemini now. So she's going to be in Gemini. She's going to be like, hi, hi. Hi, hi, hi. So there's a happy energy, but because of the retrograde, it's a retrospective energy. Family reunions, class reunions, wedding, ceremony, all that kind of stuff. And, and then emotional, because in the middle of this, in May 15th, Jupiter goes into Pisces, which is very sentimental. And he and Mercury are good buddies, but he's going to be in Pisces and Mercury is going to be in Gemini, kind of stirring up emotions. So it's it's a it's an it's an emotional week, hopefully in a good way. But if hard emotions come up, those are things you need to reclaim. And of course, Mercury is going to square Neptune three times while he's retrograde. So this last week, as he's been in Taurus, he's been sextiling Neptune, and now as he squares it, people are going to go, "I don't know that I can do that dream." And I'm like, "Well, you can. You know, you are an artist, right? Yes." You work in an art gallery, you're around artists, but you have this art part. And then when you explore it a little, you're doing art. Like, it, you know, it's so it's like really being gentle. You know, like when you're a little kid and somebody says, you know, your trees aren't purple. And you go, 
my trees are purple, but then you doubt yourself. And then it's also mixed messages. So anytime you hear something twice, you should buy it. So buy astrology in your pocket. We just said it to you twice. <laughs> okay, Anne, I do have some questions. I know it's a busy, busy week. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was fascinating that there's an exhibit about Mary Todd who society felt mourned her children too long. Mm. But three of her four children died. And she I'm was not- judged by it. And of course, Lincoln mourned them too, but it was okay for him. Her, they thought she was crazy, but only one of his kids survived, her kids survived past age 18. That's a lifelong mourning in my perspective. Okay, Anne, when is the shadow period? You said that there's there's a period with this Mercury retrograde where the story is being set up, like the Mercury retrograde story. So May 15th May 15th to to June to May 29th when it stops. May 15th to May 29th, the story is set up. Right. And then the story unfolds May 29th through June 2nd, 22nd. And then then the story goes forward again from June 2nd through July 7th. So it's like, think of it as a Z. Six, you know, May, Mercury comes in and here is May 15th. And then he goes over here and then he goes back and then he goes out. So it looks like a giant Z in the sky. And literally, if you Google images of retrograde, it looks like a Z. You know, they do time elapse photographs. Right. So, but he traces the same path three times. So he tells you this, you know, and it's kind of the old salesperson thing. You tell him what you're going to tell him. Then you tell him what you're telling him. And then you tell him again. Because, you, you know, it takes a little while for you to really hear it. So he sets it up as of May 15th. But he enters Mercury today or Gemini today. And he goes, woo, we're going to have fun. And, and you know, <laughs> that's a lot of Mercury in Gemini. What if you have Mercury and Gemini in your chart and or Venus and Gemini in your chart? What does that, and what does that mean in general when people have, you know, the, the transits that are happening matches what they have in their chart? They're having what we call a natal return. So in the same way we say, you know, many happy returns of the sun to your place of birth, the planets all have returns too, where they get back to the place of your birth. So if you have Mercury and Gemini this month, you'll have this next two months, you'll have your Mercury return, which tells you about Mercury for the next year. If you have Venus in Gemini, you'll have your Venus return, and it'll tell you about Venus for the next year. When you have your Mars return, you get a two-year cycle. Jupiter return is every 12 years. Saturn return is every 29, and Uranus return is 84. So we have, and the moon is every month. You know, every month the moon returns to where it was when you were born, and you have a lunar return. So you can cast the chart for the month to see what your month's going to be like. You can cast the chart for the year to see what's going to happen for your ego development over time and for your Mercury and your Venus. And that will tell you what Mercury and Venus are going to be working on. Okay. And so, and if you're not casting charts, you can just pay attention to the storyline that's emerging for you? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not right. hard to cast a chart. Just figure out what degree... Like if you look at you, I have it at 18, then you go forward to when it hits 18 and that day is when it gets to the same point and that's your return. So usually you'll feel it like the solar return, you usually feel about a month or so before your birthday, you get it set up. Okay. Jupiter return the same way. Before your Jupiter return, you get the setup for the next 12 years. And we did that thing on your, on astrology hub on the Jupiter returns and Harry met Megan the year before 
he had his Jupiter return to become the son, the father. And of course he met her and they had a baby and off he went to be the son. Mm. So it, it sets up usually the month. Well, in the case of Jupiter, it's 12 years. It sets up the year before you have your Jupiter return. So everybody that's 49, 59 right now is getting set up for the next 12 years. Got it. All right. For anybody interested in Anne's Jupiter Cycles Mastery Class, that is available in our academy. So you can go to astrologyhub.com slash academy and see the uh, Jupiter Cycles Mastery Class that Anne mm-hmm. taught for our inner circle. So but you also, every planet has a return. I mean, right. you know, the Neptune return, when, when it happened, it was back in the 1860s. Kodak was invented. Eastman Kodak, photography and film. And of course, when they had their Neptune return now, that Kodak went out of business because nobody needs film anymore. Everybody uses digital. But after 165 years, it shifted. And the Civil War was the first war recorded on film. And tell us a little bit. I know this is like Mm -hmm. going into next week a little bit, but we have this eclipse series that's coming. What is the theme or the flavor of this particular eclipse portal that we'll be working with? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you always like it when I laugh like that, Amanda. <laughs> the pause, the face, and then the laugh. <laughs> and then the laugh, right? Yeah. It's like, all right. Okay, so what we're gonna have first next Tuesday, we're gonna have a new moon in Taurus. So we're gonna talk about that. And that new moon, to, new moon is at 21 Taurus, same degree as those Capricorn planets. Hmm. That marks our entry into eclipse season. So we have a full moon eclipse on uh, Gemini Sag 5, 5 Gemini Sag. And then the second one is a new moon eclipse at 7, I think it's 17 Virgo. Or 17, uh, it, 17 in its aspects, the uh, Virgo, let me just look it up here. Get my, get my data right. Um, so the July eclipse is the full moon on July 26th or May 26th is at five, five Sag 25. And then the new moon eclipse, which is June 10th is at 19 Gemini 47. So 19 Gemini 47, of course, squares the U S Neptune. So that's big. They're on the nodes of fate. So what eclipses do is they kind of set a story. So in this case, because the first one is the new is the full moon, we have the new moon next week in Taurus, which says possessive, want to grab it, want to hang on to it. And then the full moon says we're blowing it apart. Go back to November of 2019 and what started then, and then go back to September of last year and what was the test. And now we have the full moon of Gemini Sag. So the sun's in Gemini, the moon's in Sag. So it takes the story that began in uh, at the end of November and it says, okay, so now this is what it is. Now the issue of course is because it's on the nodes of fate, it's a bigger deal. So full moons always have us see things. And because Mercury will be, <laughs> because think of the day, the new moon is the 11th, uh, you're right? The new moon, the full moon rather, is the 26th. And so that is as the retrograde is going on, where we're having this wake up. Oh my God, I see it now. And of course, Mercury's dancing in those areas. So I'm, I'm always like, eh, it's not going to be that much fun, but it'll be interesting. 
And so when I see that, I'm always like, well, you know, if we look at that full moon energy that, that happens in May on the 26th, because we're going to be right as Mercury stops and gets ready to go a little wild on us. And then we're going to deal with the eclipse in the retrogrades, the second eclipse, which is, well, what do you actually want to do? And it's going to be getting the square from Mercury. So we're going to, are going to be getting the conjunction from Mercury. So we're going to be making a lot of choices. So this is, you know, if you've been thinking you're breaking up, this is when you decide. If you've been thinking you maybe want to get married, this is what you're thinking you're going to move, this is when you're going to get a pulse to do it. It's all the stuff we've been hanging on the edges of. Mercury's like, can you make a decision, please? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have people from your past come forward to remind you of what you didn't do or you did do or what you wish you'd done and you hadn't done. Or you're going to have an aha moment where you go, they're just like my first husband. Hmm. You know, that aha, like I realized they were, and you go, uh-huh, because Mercury is all about illumination. He's a messenger, but he isn't necessarily a friendly guy because he's also going to be in conjunct Pluto. So Pluto is going to talk to you and go, you know, I pointed this out to you a few times. And this is when everybody goes, I know, I know, I know. I, I'm doing it again, right? <laughs> and Pluto goes, yeah. <laughs> you want to change now? And, you know, to the extent that we agree to or not, that's the deal. And we're also going to have Saturn go retrograde in the middle of this mess. So it's a bit, the month of May is very busy. And, you know, we just go, okay, so the eclipses are illuminating choice direct. They always are choice directing. They always put you on your path. So think nine years, 19 years, 27 years, 36 years, increments of nine, choice points. Think back to uh, 2002, back to 83, back to 64 choice points. It's big. It's a big so one. Because it's also for us as a people, the ascendant of the the ascendant of the United States is is it's on the ascendant of the US chart. So it's so, us seeing things in a different way. Yeah. Okay. So for the for collective United States seeing things in a different way, things being illuminated, choices being forced or like it's go time to make the choice that you've go been time. Go, go time to make the choices. Yeah. Cause a lot of people are like, you know, I had, maybe I little this, that little, and it's like pick. Got right. Pick. Yeah. And it'll be yeah. obvious why we need to do that. So you're saying May 11th through June, what is this whole period of time? Well, the, the eclipse starts next Monday, right? It runs, it runs to the full moon, to the new moon, to the next full moon, which is, you know, this one only has two. Right, so the the full moon on uh, the twenty fourth of June is at um, three Capricorn. So June twenty fourth. So this period of May eleventh till June twenty fourth is what you're saying. Okay, and the the setup for it is set. Well, are, is it already being set up, or it's is there? It's already oh. set up. With, you know, and and some of the people, you know, the cardinal people already did shit. Excuse my friend. They already did stuff, right? So cardinal people are what? Uh, Aries, Cancers, uh, Capricorns, Libras. They, so they, already, already, they already made changes, and you're talking about sun sign? Anything. You know, the cardinal planets have made the decision and acted. That's a okay. sun sign, yeah. yeah a sun, or a cardinal rising, or cardinal midheaven. The mutables, they're ready. And then the fixed, they're going to be dragged kicking and screaming at the end of the year, on the 24th of December. And when you do that, when you look at someone's chart, are you looking at the the 
balance of, of that. So someone could literally make a list of all their placements and what sign they're in, whether or not they're cardinal fixed or mutable and literally just add up the tally. Like I have three cardinal, I have four mutable, I have, okay. And what do you include in that calculation? The seven? The, I do all the planets and I give two points to the lights and the midheaven and the ascendant and one point to the planets. So if the lights are the sun and the moon. Sun and the moon and the ascendant and the midheaven get two okay. points each. Okay. And then all the planets get one point. Very helpful. Thank you. And then, you, then you. then it kind of ranks it. So like I am a fixed rising, but a mutable midheaven. So I like it the way I like it, but I'm willing to adapt as I go forward. When I go up against a fixed fixed, I lose because they, they beat me. Not many do, but I know my mutable sun will give, my mutable sun and moon will give in because they're Virgo Pisces. My Aquarius is firm, but the rest of me is mutable. So appeal to my Virgo, appeal to my moon, drives my assistant crazy. And I'll, I'll change it. She'll go, what are you doing? I'm like, because her chart is, Anne, you're going to, I have to go do this, you know, because yeah, because that's what happens. I change my mind and she has to do it. So that's good, but when I run up against a fixed fix, they're they're immovable. They don't move. They mm -hmm. just don't move. But remember, this T-square, this square, the cat is in fixed, so everybody's moving. It's just when. In the same way we all changed in 99 going into 2000, we had to change because the planets that were in fixed signs were having a fight, and when they fight, we move. Even if you know, we might adapt a little, but there's a real push to move in China. So it's two for those who went, oh my God, that went too fast. Yeah. Two points for the lights, two points for the ascendant and the midheaven, and then a point for the other planets. And, and then you also do your signature. You want to add a little magic to it. What element are they in, right? Are they in fire, water, earth, or air? So your fixed air, you're an Aquarian. Your fixed water, you have more water and more fixed, you're a Scorpio. So even if you're a Pisces, but you have a lot of Scorpio, you'll be a fixed Pisces. So it gives you this, it's called the signature of your chart, right? So you can have a lot of planets in this, you know, a lot of fire planets, but if they're in fixed houses, they're going to give you a fixed feeling of your fire energy. Oh, this is so interesting. And I've heard you astrologers talking about signatures for a long time. And I didn't realize what it is. Is this something you all would be interested in workshop? Is this like workshop material for you? It'd be yeah, yeah, it's easy to do. Yeah, yeah it's easy, and but but it, I feel like it, it could benefit from more breakdown and then also some examples. So how to do it, yeah. this. Well, here's how to do it, and then here's an example of how these things play out in life. So mm -hmm. if you're interested in that, let us know because we are working on the content for the workshops that we're going to be offering with Anne. So. Yeah. yeah, we're getting lots of yeses. I, that's a big, huge yes. Yeah. Well, it, you know, because it's it's helpful because it helps you under, you know, because like sometimes you have a, you know, you have somebody and they're like, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Sag, but I'm really, I'm really depressed. I'm a really depressed Sag. You know, everybody says I'm supposed to be happy, but I'm depressed. Well, if you have a Jupiter in an unhappy sign, you know, you're going to be a depressed Sag, you know, so it, it helps you. You know, and, and this is where you hear from people like one, you know, you're one of 12. It's like, no, this is where you get the nuance in astrology. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a fixed fire person, even though I'm a Virgo. Right. Oh, OK. So what's that about? Well, I'm very passionate and very whatever. And people go, well, you feel more like a Leo. 
and you're like, well, I'm, I am a fixed fire. I am a Virgo, but with a lot of fire, you know? So it gives the, it gives the signature of how you, you know, and you think about signatures and how different they are, Yes. you know, you write the letters in block letters, but when you write it in a signature, it's your kind of like how it shows up, you know, what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. And it, it, what, and it is energetically what it feels like. Brilliant. Okay. So mm-hmm. we have a big, a big period of time that we're entering into with these eclipses change the card if you're predominantly cardinal you've probably already been initiating these already changes. Done it, yeah. if you're mutable then you're going to be doing the probably doing the change in this period and if you're fixed you're probably going to wait until the end of the year and you're just going to have to get pulled along because that's what's yeah, happening that's okay. what happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so, but the fixed people are complaining right now they're going i think i have to change it's like mm-hmm, you do mm-hmm. oh yeah. Which is okay. I mean, they don't like, that's why they're fixed. They don't like to change. Yeah, you know? I just they feel it for them. I'm like, oh gosh, and that feeling. I'm like, oh, but I don't want to. I'm comfortable. It feels good here. They get. I always think of the fixed people as getting dragged, kicking and screaming into the next thing. Hey, they picked fixed. They wanted to be stable and stay where they are. You know, mm-hmm. so we gotta, gotta love them. That they, they hold the seasons. They are the Tauruses, the Leos, the Scorpios, and the Aquarians. Mm-hmm. And you try and argue with an Aquarian, not gonna work. You try and get Scorpio to do something it doesn't want to do, not happening. You try and get a bull or a cow to not plow the fields, no. And a Leo, like I gotta shine, I gotta shine, baby. And you might be like, turn it down a little. And they're like, no, I got to shine. So the fixed seasons are the maximum energy of the season, right? They're the maximum it can be. It's the hottest it's going to be in August. It's the coldest it's going to be in February in the Northern Hemisphere. It's the springiest it's going to be. All the leaves are going to fall off the trees in Scorpio. Because it's an ending and we see, you know, we see the killing frost and we see the leaves fall. Because now we can see it, you know. So they all have their gifts, when they say follow the money, that's Scorpio. Like if you know where the money is, you know, you know what's been going on, right? So it, it, accountants knowing, you know, knowing secrets. I have a really good friend, Tom. He's a Scorpio. And he, when he was doing his, his Scorpio, he's retired now. But when he was doing his Scorpio thing, he knew where everything was, you know. So his boss was having an affair and he, um, they approached him, you know, the board approached him and said the boss was a big, he was a big guy and the boss was a big guy. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, I, I have, I have the expense reports. So he gave him the expense reports. And then he says to me, but they didn't ask about the $200 worth of flowers you send her every week that he bills to the office, but that never come here that go to her house. He didn't, they didn't ask about it. I didn't tell him. <laughs> and I'm like, you know about the flowers? He goes, of course I know about the flowers. I'm the accountant. Mm. So that energy of Scorpio knowing the secrets and then also knowing I didn't tell them all of this. I just told them what they asked for. That's Scorpio. Mm. That's a therapist. They they don't tell you anything, but they get the, get it out of you. Mm. So yeah, so it's an interesting week because with Pluto and Mercury having their they're having an argument, really. So as they argue, Mercury goes, I think we should tell. Pluto goes, mm, I don't know that we should. Mercury goes, I'm gonna tell. Pluto goes, no. no. So I have a new Who's winning this argument? Is is Pluto or Mercury? Um, Mercury. So it's going to be told. Okay. Might not like it, but it's mm. going to be told. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Whew. All right. So we have this week Mercury moving into Gemini and mm-hmm. Venus moving into Gemini. Mm-hmm. And they're going to play a little race. And then Venus is going to pass Mercury 
right as the eclipse happens. So what does that mean? Like Venus That's passes Mercury around the eclipse. What does that mean? Venus, Venus is catching up to Mercury. Mercury's stopping and he's going, oh, I forgot something. You go ahead, honey. I'll catch up with you later. And then he goes backwards and then she goes ahead. Okay. But it's Venus, Mercury, eclipse. What do you want? What's important? What's the, you know, because Venus and Mercury are buddies and they're in Gemini and Venus is very flirty in Gemini. She goes, I want this and this and this and this. She wants a, a bunch of stuff. And Mercury's like, okay, I didn't bring my wallet. I'll go back and get it. <laughs> you go ahead and shop. And off he goes backwards and she goes forwards. And then we have the eclipses and they, and of course, Venus then is going to be arguing with Pluto too. And who wins that one? Uh, well, Venus is a little slippery because she's in air. She goes, well, you know, talk to Mercury when he comes back. <laughs> <laughs> and she dances off. And Pluto, you know, Pluto's kind of sitting there going, oh, come on, come on. And then Mercury comes back and talks to Pluto and cleans it up. Okay. A lot of, lot of stuff's coming out. And, and in, our, in our lives, in our emails, in our stories, in our ways. And also because they're in Gemini, they're going to give you a new way to think about it. They're going to say, you know, you always thought it was this, but you find out this, you know, so let's say you, you know, you, you're miss, you're searching for a parent, a missing parent, and you find them. And then you find out they didn't know about you. They didn't know you existed because your mother never told them. You first, you found your birth mother and then you found your, your father and, and didn't know, didn't know you existed. It's often those kind of deep, reveals and what they do is they restructure the foundation of your belief systems about things because you look and you go wow my belief system has now been challenged and changed and that's the hard part but that's the growth part too you know we look back and we see it in a different way we we run into papers we're cleaning out the papers you know our parents papers and we find stuff you know, uh, Anderson Cooper told a very funny story. He was cleaning out his papers and he found his report card and the teacher wrote, Anderson loves to share his toys with his boyfriends in kindergarten. He's a very, and Anderson's like, so it's right there when I'm in kindergarten, right? <laughs> that I'm a gay guy. So it's like going back and having the aha energy around the structures that you took for granted that now you're looking at it with a different light because you see them differently, right? All right. Here that, we go. That reveal, that reveal of a, and then you go, got it. Right. One of the things we talked about last week, you read that great Rumi quote, mm -hmm. and that was, you know, welcoming whatever comes to your door. How many of you did that, by the way? But I had several opportunities to do that, or that something was feeling unpleasant or uncomfortable or just sort of unwelcome really but i remembered the roomy quote and i was like all right okay i'm welcoming this like laughing i'm yeah <laughs> I'm, and i'm laughing and i'm embracing it but it, it really shifted it was like okay well what does what gift does this have to bring me right now and it was powerful i don't know if any of you practiced that but we talked about it last week and said that would be good practice it sounds like we can continue that practice <laughs> probably till the end of July and probably till the end of the year and probably till the end of our lives. But mm -hmm. this is a good potent time to, to be doing that. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Because Mercury is gleeful and, you know, things that are said with humor are often true, you know, and, and they say, you know, tragedy plus time equals humor. 
mm-hmm. and you know, or, or difficulty plus time equals humor, where you can look at it and kind of laugh and go, oh, okay, that's what that was for. Mm-hmm. Do you have the quote handy? Piles of things. I do have the quote handy. Okay. I'll, I'll there. Just, oh, yay. There we go. The guest house. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. And back to Georgia at the beginning of the year, invite the angry witch, the angry energy. Invite it in. Say, okay, what are you, what are you bringing me? Hmm. What are you, and, and if, if you get a call, you know, because Mercury retrograde is like people calling you from your past and going, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you. I got some stuff, <laughs> you know, you kind of go, I don't really want to talk to you. All right. And think about it then, you know, don't, you don't have to talk to them, but think about it. Like, what would they be calling for? I had uh, somebody, I was talking to somebody and somebody had come and made an amends to them, you know, which is one of the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And she said, it wasn't very satisfying. And, <laughs> and well, what would you have liked them to say? And then she had a list and I'm like, all right, well, make amends for that with you. Like you do your side, you know, they could only do this. You know, but you you have a bigger list. You didn't feel comfortable saying, and what about this? And what about that? But you can do that on your side. Because remember, we carry the stuff with us, too. We hang on to it like it's, you know, it's our baggage. It is our baggage. Right. So this is Gemini saying to you, do you really want to carry that? Is that really something important for you for this next chapter? Or would you maybe like to do something else? Mm. Yes, that quote is epic. I, I, the, the greeting it with laughter, I could definitely work on that part. It's normally like it comes in, it's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to welcome this, embrace it, and then I remember. But the laughter part, that's, that's, that's mastery level right there. <laughs> that's when you can have those things like uh, Heidi says, I'm having jealousy come in. When you can have jealousy come in and laugh like, oh look, I'm, I'm jealous. What's this showing me? What's the gift here for me? Jealousy is you really want that. So how yeah. can you get it for your how can you get it for yourself without killing the other person? Right. right. Uh-huh. Because yeah. it, it represents something you don't have, and that's okay. You know, jealousy, that's heiress too. She points out, well, you know, you don't have that. And you go, and she goes, Don't you want it? And then you have to kind of invite it in because recognizing it and embracing it rather than disowning it. Because when we disown something or we banish it, it gets bigger. It takes a lot of energy to banish stuff. Mm. But to laugh it off or to laugh at ha, 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 it helps it shift into an easier space. Mm-hmm. So go, oh, I'm jealous. See, when I was a kid, my, my aunt. My, my aunt and my mother had a jealousy thing. My aunt was jealous of my mother. My grandmother did nothing about it. So my mother with us was always when the green-eyed monster, she called it the green-eyed monster. When the green-eyed monster showed up, oh, there's the green-eyed monster. So it named it, and then you had to kind of figure out what it was. You know, what was it? So I, when I see envy, I kind of react to it like, oh, there's envy. That's interesting. What am I, what am I feeling envious about? 
because it got named a lot as a kid, right? So when you know that, it helps because then if you name it, you can claim it. If you don't, and you may not want to claim it, but you have to at least own it that you have that reaction. But if you banish it, it's going to eke out some other place. It never goes away. So it's like, okay, let me own what, what of that, what's it trying to show me? Last week, you you brought up the analogy of the the garbage, like it's time to take out the garbage. And I thought after it's like, well, yes, of course, you'd rather know where the stinky garbage is and take it out because it's stinking up your house either way, whether or not you want to acknowledge it or, you know, or you do, it's, it's there. So yeah, there's so much there. Yeah. Some people saying envy. Jealousy, it seems like that might be a little bit of a theme for people right now. All well, right. Eris and, Eris and Pluto are in a square, right? So oh. Pluto's moving back to square Eris. He's going to square her in October. Mm. So, or in April, and or not in April, in August and October, he squares her. He squared her three times already, and he's going to square her two more times. And she's at, she's at 24, so she's getting the energy from the Venus at 24 and the Sun at So Venus is squaring Eris or is semi-sextiling Eris. So envy can be up a little in a weird, kind of in a blindsiding way. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was envious because they're in a semi-sextile. Yeah, because she's a 24. So they're aspecting her. All right. Well, that explains it. Yeah. Okay. So we have eclipses coming up. These are uh, going to bring in old stories, family members. Literally, my parents are coming to visit during that. <laughs> we have Jupiter on Niobe. And this could bring up the the role of mourning or grief in our lives. In, um, in, the, in the myth that she lost her children. So what right. of your childhood have you lost? Exactly. Understand what was lost in your childhood. What were you like as a youth? What parts of your inner child like really still want to be expressed that are maybe mourning for having been? Mourning, mourning for not expressing them. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. So taking some time to contemplate that, that's that's really mm-hmm. interesting and probably very fruitful for everybody. Where did you not do what you wanted to do? What did you stop? Why did you stop it? And can you bring it to life? Maybe in a different way, maybe not the way that you thought of it as a child, mm-hmm. but in, in another way, explore that. It feels uh, you said this is a juicy week that we have this flirty Venus energy. How long is Venus in Gemini? She's in Gemini. She's just her normal patch. Hang on. Let me look. I forget her normal patch. Her normal patch is about a little less than a month. So let me look. A little less than a month. Okay. And we can see her in the sky now, right? She's at, she's. Uh, yeah, she should be showing up again. So she is in Gemini from the 10th through June 3rd. And then she goes into Cancer. Okay. All right. We have Jupiter moving into Pisces. When is that happening? Uh, Jupiter rules into Pisces on the 15th of May. So not this week. No, next week. Next week. week. He will be, yeah, Jupiter going, remember, he changes his favorite sign. He takes from the air. He dives into the water. It's like high dive into the water. He's going to be there through the end of July. So he kind of activates the um, Pisces energy again. And then he goes backwards into Aquarius until December. And then next year he's in Pisces. The thing with the Jupiter in Pisces, and this is, you know, this is the bad news, hopefully not, but with Mercury in Pisces was news of the pandemic. With the sun in Pisces, we became aware of it. Last summer when Mars was in Pisces in May and June, it spread. Jupiter's the big guy. Mm. So I'm a, I'm a little nervous if we're going to have a resurgence. And certainly we have a bunch of stuff going on in India right now 
with this new contagious variant that they have. So I'm kind of looking at that and going, I really don't want to go back. I've just started to go out for dinner again. I don't mm. want to go back. So we're going to watch and see if Jupiter does something with some kind of resurging of the virus in mm. in May through the end of July. So hopefully not. Hopefully okay. not. But okay. you know, I, I'm looking at it with a little bit of a baleful eye. You know, right. Just just noting what happened the last few. Well, times. we know what the Pisces has been, and so now the big guys in Pisces, and you're right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We have reclaiming of hard emotions. So, an opportunity to reclaim. I mean, within all those emotions is power, is personal power, yes. mm-hmm. and when we own it, and when we integrate it, and when we acknowledge it, and when we learn how to channel it effectively, mm-hmm. that is only adding to our ability to have that personal power stand up straight yeah yeah and i think of it as it you know it's it's aligning with it too you know because sometimes people when you know people say to me you know they tell me to own my power what does that mean Uh i'm like well align with the place where you feel centered and balanced you know so kind of when you're doing you know you're supposed to kind of balance and center and that's your power space you know that is you know where do you feel balanced and centered when you're in when you're in the middle of stuff so that's yeah. that's a way to do it because own your power always feels a little bit like what does that mean how do totally. i do it? you know yeah. people use phrases and i'm always like well, what does that mean exactly like, uh, yeah i don't know I say <laughs> that <laughs> so was what it was. think about and gemini of course thinks about what it is and you may say you know i own my power when i do this that makes me feel powerful when I do that. That makes me feel grounded. That makes me feel like think of different words for power. Cause a lot of people, power can scare them. Mm. Right. That Marianne Williamson or Nelson Mandela, you know, you, you know, you're not really afraid of your light. You're afraid of the power of the light, you know, mm. that quote, which I'm not really remembering very well right now, but it's understanding how do we, how do we stand in? I think of Pluto because he is, you know, he's the truth teller. It's like when you're standing in that space and inside of you and you go, this is the truth of my being. That's Pluto. You know, it's, this is my truth. And it, and it has the good sides and the bad sides in it. It's not, it's not to be dismissed. It's to be understood mm-hmm. on some level. And, you know, to the extent you can understand it. And, it's not always and again, Pluto transits always take a, you know, after they finish, you usually are in some kind of power struggle or a big life transformation. And we just had one last year, the whole world had a Pluto transit. We all got to see everything get transformed. How did you feel about it? How did you react to it? How did you work with it or not? Or, you know, like what was your reaction to it? And then the next part is now that you've seen that, now you have choices after it's over, kind of, sort of, for the next chapter, which is why there's a renaissance. It's why there were the roaring 20s after the pandemic of the great influenza. You know, Google the roaring 20s and what it was. It was like, yay, we're free, we're out, But Pluto always brings you a gift because he's part of the underworld and he owns the diamonds, the jewels, the gold, the riches, he's the oil, he's the things that we give value to as humans. And certainly earth, we like to live on it, not in the ocean or in the sky. It, it's got this energy of what our foundation is too. So it's a, it's an, and of course we return to earth when we're dead, you know, from earth we come and, you know, we are all stardust, you know, we're all part of this wonderful solar system, this wonderful universe. And we are created to understand how to work with all these different 
energies to evolve. And Pluto is always evolution. Yeah, and that, that place of personal power or inner truth, what you were talking about, truth, that inner authority, isn't always the most popular either. Like it's not always the most acceptable or accepted by others, but there is that place where you just, it's just true for you. And that's that. Yeah. All right. So lots of Pluto stuff for us to continue. Yeah, a lot of Pluto stuff this week. And also you, just being comfortable with, you know, like that there is a lot of change going on, you yeah. know, like this one's changing, that one's changing. And I have a couple, <laughs> one friend and she's pretty fixed and she goes, so when is it going to change for me? changing for everybody else but not me i'm like i don't know <laughs> but i do i know it's like not till december because if i say december she'll be mad at me but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully she's not listening right now <laughs> hopefully she's not watching the podcast. yeah but yeah you know the fixed people change in december yeah okay so a couple more things you said um stuff's coming out new way to think about it so some of our structural belief systems actually shifting due to additional information and revelations coming out. Uh, so this restructuring the foundation of our belief system so that we will come out of this eclipse season, probably seeing things differently than we do right now. Definitely. All right. And you said that the eclipse season it also that's coming up and starting next week is maybe not the most fun but the intensity has lots of riches for us as you were just speaking about the Pluto. Yeah. And remember okay. it's Gemini. So if you can have a sense of humor about it, you know, that helps because Gemini is the trickster, right? Mm -hmm. Remember when he was getting sent, when, when he got, after he stole Apollo's cows and he was smart enough to walk backwards so he didn't get caught. But of course Apollo brought him to Zeus and Zeus was, you know, got to give the cows back. So Mercury was like, okay. And then Zeus is like, all right, you can leave. And, and Mercury's like, what? I want to stay. <laughs> so what he did was he pooped on Apollo. Very, very Pluto thing. And Zeus saw that and he started to laugh hysterically, right? And Apollo was pretty mad. You don't poop on the sky god. <laughs> and, and and Zeus, you're 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 good. You're my messenger. You're my you're you get to stay around. And then and then Mercury realized Apollo was mad at him, so he went and kind of apologized, and gave him a harp, and you know all this stuff. They became good buddies, but. It's, you know, it's got that energy, you know, who's going to poop on you? <laughs> that's, yeah. Pluto. that's Pluto too. <laughs> all right. So having a sense of humor about all of that. And Mary Henry, thank you. She says uh, that quote we were trying, you were trying to access from Marianne Williamson. Thank you. Our, our greatest fear is not that we are powerless, but that we are powerful beyond belief. Right. Something like that. And thank you so much. This has been so fun and so enlightening. And for those of you interested in having Anne in your pocket all week, you can <laughs> we, we were so not, you know, as you might know, I don't know. She's getting a little dark over there. <laughs> we, 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 we considered calling it Anne in your pocket and it was like, oh, it's kind of a little yeah. weird. I'm sure people will astrology do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, astrology in your pocket. So um, you can go to uh, astrologyhub.com slash pocket. Mm -hmm. Check it out. See if it's right for you. There's no contract. When you join, you can cancel if you don't like it. Um, but you can you can try it out now. If you're in the United States and Canada, yes, Europe, we are coming to you soon. We are working um, on it. Please stay patient with us as we work through the tech. And it's not that we, it's some people are so sweet. They're reaching out and going, well, you could use this platform and this platform and this platform. And yes, there are platforms that could be used, but they can't do what we need them to do. 
There's some very specific things. So thank you for your recommendations and your offers for support. And we are exhausting the field of possibilities. I promise. <laughs> Trust me, Amanda's got a team and they all exhausted. What was it that Anna said the last time when Mercury changed and you were like super powered with oh, your- she, she said something about me taking Mercury retrograde to like the extreme- Extreme level, yeah. Extreme Mercury retrograde, yeah, right. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And it was like extreme, this is extreme Mercury retrograde. Extreme, yeah. extreme astrology, yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of our community. We love having you here. We love sharing this time with you. And thank you. You're, You're welcome, Amanda. Thank you for hosting us. And thank you, Jamie, in the back there for running <laughs> the cameras. <laughs> yes. All right, everybody. Take care. And we will see you next, see you next week. week. Thanks for making astrology a part of your life. Can't wait to connect with you again very soon. Bye. Have fun.